the subject of the evening talk is security in relationship. In this talk with you this evening I would like to focus primarily on the personal relationship and specifically relationship between man and woman, woman and man and to some degree uh, this particular area of relationship also um, may well mirror in different ways other areas of relationship but as I say the primary focus is in this way traditionally and in contemporary religion certainly there has and still is a major emphasis on marriage, on long-term personal relationship as being something within the scope of religion and one sees within, as an example, Christianity it regard marriage being regarded as a solemn event made in the eyes of God and rather a similar approach in the Judea Judaistic tradition and one sees too in our contemporary world that the change which has taken place has been quite dramatic quite dramatic in terms of changing relationships that m marriage or the personal relationship is no longer viewed um, so frequently as a lifelong commitment and one sees the increasing shall we call it secularization of marriage and one may say that between one the formal religious view that marriage no matter what is a lifelong vow a lifelong commitment and the other which encourages and brings about change in the face of sometimes small difficulties which one partner or the other or both is unwilling to work with that one sees that between these two there needs to be some kind of middle ground middle ground for couples, middle ground for, for parents because at the present time it, uh, it is said that in the western world one in three marriages collapses and in, in some parts of the western world that a marriage is a the chance of the survival of a marriage is just about 50-50. So somewhere or other there are some primary major difficulties in the area of personal relationship and people and we need to explore some kind of middle ground which is not a lifelong vow no matter what on the one side nor is it one of just dispensing with the personal relationship because there's a difficult patch within it and so this finding of the, the middle ground this exploration of, of the middle ground means that there must be as with so many areas of life self-knowledge and understanding but not only self-knowledge and, and understanding that is only good to a degree because there must be equally 
other knowledge and understanding. And commute relationship and the development of expression of relationship is bearing in mind at the day-to-day level one's self-knowledge as far as what's happening in my relationship and other knowledge, what's happening for him, what's happening for her in our relationship. And that awareness of the two is absolutely essential. Because what often happens is that we are not aware of ourselves or other, and we are not aware of the changing and evolving kinds of needs which each person has within that relationship. We don't, and so often sometimes we don't even choose, we don't hear. We don't hear the messages which, is being, which are being communicated to us directly or indirectly. But there is something prior to that self-knowledge and understanding. There's something which comes before it. And that level of something which comes before it, one might describe as some kind whatever way we might phrase it in ourself and in our personal life, we might describe it as some kind of connection with another. This connection, some kind of invisible thread, which may be there in the beginning of a relationship, with all the feelings, the power of affection, the romantic uh, element, the attraction towards, the communication with, and so on and so forth, all those things which we like and enjoy and appreciate, and all that which in that relationship gives a buzz to the mind. You know, if someone's just starting a relationship, they're usually not walking on the ground very much. And gradually, gradually, as the the course of time goes by, self-knowledge and other knowledge begins to take place. And in that course of time, we begin to find out more about ourselves and more about the other. In that finding out, and all that is implied in that, that at times can threaten that original connection, that original communication, that original invisible thread. What happens when that is actually threatened inside of oneself? The mind responds in some way of doubt. It begins to manifest inside of one. One feels doubt about this relationship. This factor of doubt which occurs in our relationship to varying degrees and strength and In my contact with people, um, which seems to be the sum total of my daily life, (laughs) 
that I can't think of anyone that I know on personal terms who at some time or other when there's been a difficult period of the relation, relationship for all the reasons that you and I might experience that a doubt hasn't crept in, in inside of one's own mind and that doubt threatens the, the underlying connection, the affection, the, the link-up. What happens when we experience that doubt is we begin to feel insecure within the relationship. This is expressed in words or in manner so that the other person begins to feel this insecurity within the relationship and the combination of the two expressions of in insecurity threaten even more the communication, the connection. That can be very painful. It is very, it's very painful. And the, so often the way that the mind expresses itself in its, in its expression of doubt is, is this person providing for me what I need? Somehow or other the mind in its formulation of thought and feeling feels, is this person giving to me what I need from this relationship. And what we find taking place in ourselves that our mind begins so easily to focus on one particular aspect of the person, whatever, I seem to generate, put out so much more energy than he does or than she does. It's me who helps to keep this relationship going. She just seems to be, or he just seems to be on the receiving end. That kind of is anybody familiar with any of this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> of course you are. So, <laughs> so there's this kind of energy, there's a doubt, then, and one of the ways it expresses about, am I getting what I need from the relationship? Am I the one who puts out the most energy? This is a, a common one, which one hears, experiences. And in that it creates, within the relationship, an atmosphere of insecurity that becomes increasingly more difficult and painful and the foundation of the security element within the relationship begins to feel threatened. What does one do? If one expresses doubt one feels, well, I have to express it. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm going through. And that creates its own kind of waves. And one feels, well, I have to do that. But if I don't express it, I'm not being true to my feelings. Therefore, I'm suppressing it. And this will come out anyway. And it seems that saying is no good on the one side. Keeping, I hope you're not looking for some simple answer from things I'm <laughs> putting out here. Saying it. <laughs> Practices awareness, not answers. <laughs> Saying it on the one side is, may not be right and appropriate because of one's experience of the effect of that. Keeping silent may not be right and appropriate. 
And what's important within the, within the state of doubt which arises within relationship is basically seeing that essentially as a mind state. Having a perception of something which is happening inside of oneself as a mind state. And particularly, I feel, applying when uh, the relationship, because relationships are extraordinarily challenging on one's emotional life, particularly when the relationship has some history, let us say, of actual continuity within the relationship. Relationships at any time can, can undergo and go, go through experiences of difficulty when the connecting thread, there's a doubt in it, the doubt becomes a confusion of the mind, and what was a mind state becomes a living daily life experience. And what can help to get that into some kind of perspective is learning to see that it's a mind state and with one's connection with another person that that person also is able to see more clearly it as a mind state. In order for that thread to be there to maintain a feeling of security and, and affection within the relationship, one thing is absolutely sure for that to be sustained, and that is, in a real way, in our personal lives, in our relationship with others, that that affection, that link, that invisible thread or whatever, and here I'm talking about no matter who it is, that actually is communicated. Very, very easily in life, we take, in our relationships to other people, we take them for granted. And that is the most common, I would say, form of, one of the most common forms of disintegration within the personal relationship is that one begins to take it for granted because of its historical process, and the mind becomes lazy, and in the laziness of the mind, affection doesn't spring through the mind, it doesn't reach the other person. <coughs> and so it's not unusual at all for one person to be internally, without expressing, feelings of, does he, does she, actually care for me. Even though the relationship may be, I hope you can follow with the, the extra input, <laughs> that the, the fact of longevity of relationship is no measure, as many people can testify, no measure to security in the present. Just because you've been in a relationship for 10 or 15 years doesn't matter one iota to the heart. Mm. 
what actually matters to the heart is what actually is going across today. And, we, and I feel very uh, much in this area, and, uh, and I feel particularly with us men, that, th that, that very easily we take things for granted and the feeling and communication of affection, of warmth, is not demonstrated at the day-to-day -day level. And so one can feel inside, well, I feel okay about my relationship, I feel secure in it, I, f I feel that I am putting out the energy, etc., etc., but we might be quite oblivious to what the other is experiencing. And when the other expresses some kind of doubt, some kind of uncertainty, what we end up saying is trying to give reassurances, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's going along all right. No, 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 of course I love you, or whatever the form of language that it may be. So this, this feeling of connection and, and communication survives, has a staying power, providing it's nourished. One day to the next, one day to the next. Just as in the same way with one's spiritual life, in the same way with one's life of awareness, a life of clarity and wisdom or, or, or whatever, None of that, and certainly in relationship, is such that you and I in any way can rely on the past. I used to <coughs> um, uh, think of of um, meet with and talk with dif different friends who have relationships and have had long-term relationships. And I would say particularly like people with ourselves who um, may well be within the sphere, especially on a, a parents' children retreat now, may well be in living and working within the sphere of the personal um, relationship in life. And I used to and still do find it very, very um, important and valuable to meet with other people, talk with them about their relationship and what is happening. And one f I feel, as many of you do, that one really learns a great deal from inquiry, from finding out, from asking. And one of the things which has come across to me um, again and again, that where there is an ongoing relationship, and it, and, it, and it is being sustained, and it is alive. That's particularly important, that it's alive, you know, with, with the difficulties as well. That one of the things which stands out to me most noticeably in everybody that I have spoken to is that both people work on their relationship. That, at, if I mean, I've heard half a dozen messages or a hundred messages, that's the one that keeps resonating. Relationships survive because one works on them. There's a feeling of security and trust in relationship because one works on that communication. Because you and I don't have 
the kind of moral imperative that religion gave to us and says, you stay married, you stay right till you drop dead. <laughs> and we're not living, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Under that kind of uh, pressure. And yet, we're also working to not to just be caught up in the syndrome of relationship of where um, if it's um, convenient one stays in it and if something else prettier on the horizon pops her head up or his head up then the attention will conveniently go in another, another way. I mean I was in California, only in California did um, <laughs> some time ago and one of the, the mothers of one of the meditators came um, one evening at the house I was staying at and uh, she uh, came with her husband and uh, it was her, she was in her 60s and he happened to be her ninth she, he happened to be her ninth husband and uh, we were talking in the evening and uh, just about general things during the evening she came up to me and uh, she whispered in my ear, she said, actually, I'm thinking of getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> this is called change. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, that's an aside. <laughs> the feeling, the element of security in, in the relation, in relationship, one is where there's the experience of doubt, our learning to, to work with it, and particularly to recognize within that that there is no embodiment in this world of any kind of perfection. That if there is a basic feeling of communication and connection with, there also must be accompanied that, as with ourselves, acceptance towards another. Again, this feeling of acceptance and accommodation really needs to be a major theme with regard to each other. This renewal of affection and, and the various ways that you and I can explore that and uh, um, actualize that in our, in our life is the greatest safeguard against all difficulties. It is when in relationship that there's a sequence of difficulties arising. One after the other with all the kind of pressures which come in a woman or a man's life in similar and dissimilar ways that the, the arena of affection begins to get somehow or other pushed into the background. And what happens is that all we can feel, all that we can experience in our, in our relationship to another, is all the, is the accumulations. Accumulations sometimes of resentment, of being judgmental, of being um, negative, of um, not trusting, of being jealous of, so easily we get caught up in that kind of syndrome and it has a continuity because there's not a history in our practice 
of cutting through that, of renewing the connection, and renewing the connection again and again. And I think what some of us have found, certainly I've found very important, is that I have to bring in, by necessity, all my, whatever I might call it, all my spiritual practice, all my spiritual meditations into my relationship as much as I might want to bring it into any other area. I have to bring whatever resources and skills and knowledge and practice and understanding into my relationship. And so it's a peculiar phenomenon with us that in our relationship we often don't bring it in. And that in the area of the emotional life and, and connection, somehow or other, this feeling or within the personal relationship and the, the actual application of one's practice easily gets forgotten. Let's take example. Sometimes within the, co the context of a um, relationship, something for one person or the other builds up inside. There's through thought and through feeling and through um, um, some difficulty or whatever and some uh, lack of agreement, I would say that's a, a, a major one here, um, something builds up inside of oneself. And one feels, let us say perhaps, that the other person isn't keeping to the agreement, or the other person isn't doing their fair share, or the other person isn't, isn't sensitive enough to one's needs, or whatever it might be. This produces a certain charge inside of oneself. And the charge, at some moment or other, we find sparks. And it gets thrown out. And for the one who's on the receiving end of that, and all of us in different times, in different ways, are on the receiving end of this, what's our response? What, when, you, when you're in a relationship and the other person is expressing anger towards you for all the, all the reasons that the person may, and usually quite justifiable, <laughs> and when it's on the receiving end of someone's anger in some way or another, what, how do you, how do I, how do we respond to that? Because usually we respond in exactly the same way, time and time again. And that response might be quite inappropriate to the, what the person is feeling, which is producing this reaction. It seems to me that's where our practice, where our wisdom, where our understanding, our spirituality, whatever, actually is being tested. And, and just as in practice we are learning to observe mind, body as, as nature, mental nature, physical nature, 
learning to observe the arising of things and the appearance of something and its passing away, learning to be a little bit more equanimous and, uh, and um, spacious about learning to respond to clearly. Within the context of the personal relationship, one faces one's the greatest challenge on our mind with regard to responding wisely to what's happening. In this case, faced with one's companion's anger. Now, if, as I say, there is the renew renewal of affection in the day-to-day -day life, because that's the basis there and isn't being actively neglected, that anger, for one thing, will be seen like a wave coming out of the ocean. It won't have the feeling that this which is coming up is, is uh, threatening. It won't have the feeling that it's undermining something. When we're losing contact with each other, one, on the one-to-one -one basis, each mind state that comes up seems to be an affirmation of something something terribly wrong. When they're coming up one after the other, day in day, there's a feeling that something is terribly wrong. But if the connection is being renewed between the two people, it must be far more, if I may say, subtle than just sexuality it has to be in the, through the day. But if that is there, then when anger comes, one Acknowledge it, acknowledges, one is able to see it as a, as a form of mind state, one is able to sense that the person is really expressing some concern about something. And what is also very noticeable, one actually is glad the person is expressing what they're feeling, even if it is angrily expressing. When the connection's there, and the underlying connection is there, one doesn't mind to hear the anger. Because the anger, one feels it in the listening and in the connecting to it, at least the person is, is willing and open and honest enough to say what they're feeling. And that feels better. It, it sits better with oneself rather than the person not saying, holding it inside, that suppresses it, and if there's a history of that, it's depression. Depression being basically unexpressed anger. So, so our connection and, and the capacity to allow the other person to feel and express their anger, in a way, is a healthy sign in a relationship. It's not all bad news. Providing we can bring our resources to it, some detachment, some equanimity, learning not to take it so personally that one turns that anger inside of oneself and starts judging oneself negatively, feeling guilty in a way that handicaps action, or sends the ang one's own anger back. So as I say, this, so certain kind of mind states which arise, 
it's very much a question of how you and I can respond in that time. To me, this is practice. This is what practice is. To separate this, er, this extraordinary arena of life, of spirituality, from personal relationships, from family life, is really to create a, a most unfortunate division. And, 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 and I have the feeling and the sense in my personal life that it, it, it's a kind of new representation of what in the old language is called the middle way. Really feeling and appreciating including this area of the personal relationship within one's life to help bring about this maturing of our senses, the maturing of our feelings and our, emotion, and our emotions and the expression in life of affection towards another human being and in the personal relationship in a kind of particular way. And in this respect, all of us, I'm sure, certainly for myself, all of us have really have a long way to go in this regard. And none of us can rest, as I keep reiterating, on the past, on our laurels. Truly, relationship, like everything else, is a right here and now dharma. And that's that here and now for us, which will keep the connection. One of the things which many people bring up, and it's one which requires discussion, and sometimes when the discussion and communication between people about things often seems to be, not always, but more sensitive and caring when the heat has gone out of the issue. When the charge has gone out of something, there's the possibility for two people to, to sit, to be together, to play together, to talk together, and to explore something. And this exploration of an area of difficulty is obviously an essential. And one of the things which I notice, and notice in myself and um, with my, in conversations, is that there's a peculiarity, just as it happens within the spiritual practices and traditions, the same it happens in the personal relationship what I would call attachment to form. And just as in spiritual practices, extraordinary amount of clinging and identification to and being tight about, similarly it happens in the area of personal relationship. The area about what one does, or the way that one does something, or how something should be handled. What's the, what's the right way? And when we get into the syndrome of this right and wrong, this is attachment to form, in some way or other, so very easily, within that attachment, some tension builds up. The tension creates a, a, an ignition point, and there's a, 
an explosion between people and this provokes a lot of agitation which is often far in excess of the issue itself. I'm sure we've all experienced this. The issue itself is very small, you know, whether you feed one's child three mouthfuls or two mouthfuls or whatever it might, might, might be. But the actual result of it is tension, misunderstanding, miscommunication, negativity, irritab irritability, etc., etc. And both people, as it were, through the view and opinion which one believes in, as it were, trying to find themselves in their relationship. Each one is trying to find her or his position. In a way which the actual content itself, the initial spark, is not so significant. Now it seems to me when that happens, and we, I'm sure we, the fact that people laugh means it, it happens to all of us, um, when that happens, that the content, the grasping on, the that is the attachment to form, the right way versus the wrong way, and what that, all that implies, and the blow-up which takes place, to me that, when I see it, I mean I see it in others, I see it in, my, in myself, I don't feel too concerned about it. Because it happens, it's a spark and there's a, and a, there's a light. What I feel is more important, and what is really a primary concern, I mean, that has to be looked at too, what's going on there, of course, what led up to it. But to me, is there any lingering on quality about it? Is one person still holding on to it? If there is a holding on to it, usually in the form of resentment, feeling that one is undermined, or feeling that the other person doesn't understand, if there's that lingering on, that lingering on, eats up affection, moment by moment. It consumes the fabric of the relationship. And so one's practice is of course being aware of the conditions, of course being aware that one is attached, of course learning flexibility and allowance and all of that. But a major area of one's practice is learning to let go. after the, during or after the event. Now sometimes what happens is one person finds it hard to let go. One person in such an area has a stickiness going on in the mind, creating resentment, feeling doubts, feeling insecure in the relationship, feeling it's not worthwhile, why am I doing this, why am I bothering, prefer to be alone, whatever it might be. And there's that kind of continuity of unsatisfactoriness within oneself. The person who has let go, who's not holding on there, who sees it was a, an incident, it arise, it passed away, one's applied one's practice to that awareness of arising and passing away, has, because of other knowledge, to bring her or his affection and love to that other person. 
to express in some way that one isn't clinging onto it. Not saying, you're still holding on to it, but I've let it go. <laughs> Which is hardly encouraging. <laughs> but rather to bring in some kind of sensitive awareness and communication to one's companion that there are no hard feelings. And love is the absence of hard feelings. So there's a process of event which takes place. Each area of that process requires awareness, requires the, the contribution of our practice. And in such a way that it's not only feeling one's own mind is to a degree free from the situation and practicing that, but being free to communicate love. So the relationship that we have, our relationship, which requires so much from us in, in le letting go, in giving, in sharing, in, in being open, all these truly spiritual elements in life. But one who has these elements, is practices and applying these elements, this is called a spiritual human being. Letting go, applying of love and affection, developing equanimity of being, self and other awareness, in that accommodating awareness, coming to finding what transcendence is within the field of relationship, within the field of the apparent differences between this one and that one, that transcendence which has an, an embracing element to it. Embracing the very appearance of separation, the very appearance of duality. And in that embracing of that duality, there is true security in relationship. May all beings live with affection. May all beings live with love. May all beings make practice and relationship as one.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.